five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, the voice that you have come to love each and every week, joined virtually by Sam. I'm just here for the slices, another Sam Chan, and on the at on the strife. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. What's up? Hello, hello. So, you know, you're here for the slices, Sam. Can can you explain to those who are tuning into the live stream and and those that are possibly going to be listening to this episode after the fact through normal means, what slice is it that you're talking about? So I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry, for, especially for your listeners. Uh, Pizza Hut hooked us up with a couple of uh, pies, I think is the fancy term. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave That's, us some uh, boneless yeah. wings and some brisk iced tea. I think we are contractually mandated to say brisk iced tea. No, I'm just kidding. There's no contract. Um, but I'm super pumped because we're live on air right now and we get our first official mukbang. So first and foremost, I have no idea what a mukbang is. But from what you've told me, Sam, it's something about eating live on stream. That's all it is. I thought it had something to do with the... Homework, or am, am I confusing that what? with something else? Well, usually, usually people that eat are more interesting than us, but at least we have interesting okay. food today. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's you know a propos because we had that Twitter poll because you know here at RSP we live life in, in a world of chaos, um, and I have to actually go back to Rachel from Mateo because uh, she had said, "Oh, ask us anything," and I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool." Well, you know, pineapple and pizza, yay or nay? And she's like, "Well, not for me, but I don't mind." Uh, that people might might eat it, and so then I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to ask the the greater force of nature, nation here, and like significant uh, pineapple uh, choice. Like we're we're talking not even close. Like I it blew my mind because isn't that like normally one of the uh, you know most chaotic choices, pineapple and pizza? I love it. We got ham and pineapple. You got ham and yeah, pineapple. Me too. I I wasn't surprised, frankly, because I knew that our community is uh, filled with. Uh, People of culture. And uh, (laughs) let me tell you, to achieve truly great flavor, right? And it's not just about pizza with pineapple. I don't care if you're eating like a main dish, a starter or dessert. You can't have just salty or just sweet. For the truly great flavor, you got to add some saltier sweet dishes. You got to add some some, uh, sweetness to your, you know, savory ones. So, and that uh, Pizza Hut example was, was pretty good, pretty darn good. Especially the one yeah, the like pineapple. I'd say of the three of us, I was probably the the least cultured, and and maybe growing up, I wasn't sold. I think what sold it for me was the first time I ever went to Hawaii. Like mm-hmm. my parents brought me to Hawaii, and like Hawaii, and I mean, I guess that's why it's Hawaiian pizza, right? But but like they put pineapple and spam on like everything, <laughs> and and they make it work, and they kind of really like opened my palate to like, oh, you can have fruit in meals that aren't like a dessert or, right. or like an appetizer, like you can have fruit in the main dish. Like that was like mind blowing to me. Um, yeah. So since then, like I'd say the most adventurous I got with fruit and food is like, I don't know if you're familiar with this, um, this, there's this uh, little sandwich shop downtown called Finch's. Um, and they have this uh, pear baguette. 
Uh, they're not mm, the only ones yeah. to do this, but no, like, I've, had, I've that, had something very similar. Like it, it was like, you know, I'm not like that adventurous. I'm not that guy. Um, and so when my coworkers were telling me to try it, like I was almost afraid to ask them what's in it. So what's in it is like prosciutto, uh, brie, so cheese, and then pear. That sounds incredible. And, and like three things that like, you know, are fine on their own, but you'd never imagine them to just go so well together, like slap yeah. together with bread. Mm-hmm. So, so like that, that's probably as adventurous as I've gotten, but I don't know, like Alex looks like he's seen things. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, I don't know. I feel like uh, Korea and Japan and those countries, they have it all mm-hmm. figured out. They're just like every dish is an explosion of flavor. And here it's like in the West, people are so scared. We should definitely start like a food podcast. Or like that. <laughs> like, RSP does food. I mean, we're pretty much there. Yeah, true, true. I, so who's, uh, who's next in line? Well, okay. Well, okay. First and foremost, like last <laughs> week, Circle K, they, they hooked us up with those, those sweet goodies. This week it was Pizza Hut, so I'm going to presume Jack Links next week, right? We're going to be eating some sort of like dog treat. No, it's it's like beef jerky, pepperoni stuff like that. Have you not had Jack Links before? (laughs) Okay, I mean, granted, I had like a a summer job working in like a gas station, like way back. So, but uh, no, this is yeah, food podcast. We are going to be the premier source of food. Yeah, hey, you got to eat and the Vancouver Titans. You got to even to talk about the Titans. You got to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need to get fueled up. Speaking of being the premier source of the Vancouver Titans, <clears throat> you know, we also had another Twitter poll asking, you know, would there be room for another team for us to cover in, in the payload? So for those who, who follow our show, you know, the payload is where we talk about the Titans, the phrase where we talk about everything else. We've been kicking around this idea. Maybe, you know, we should look to expand and, and really grow the Overwatch League empire. That is uh, RSP. And uh, I wasn't entirely sure, you know, how people would feel. But again, a huge majority of people suggest that uh, there's room. And so then we asked, like, well, who should it be? I mean, really, the only rule, I think, is that it would need to be of a team where their city has an iconic building. Except for the San Francisco shot, because I'm sorry, I'm still I'm still bitter from uh, from last season. They don't have a bridge or anything. Well, they, well, that's the other problem, right? Like this, you look at our logo. It, like if we put the you know Golden Gate Bridge across, would that work? Um, I think it's like the Trans America building. It's like the pyramid one that would be iconic. But again, it's just not San Francisco. Right. So he just doesn't want us to turn into like another Warriors thing. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, this is something that we're, we're considering. So if you have a favorite team, that's not the Vancouver Titans, and you would like for us to, to become that premier source, you know, by all means, let us know. Uh, and part of this evolution is based on the feedback that you, our listeners and our community are giving us with our first ever podcast audience survey. Now, if you haven't taken part in the survey, uh, the easiest way to find it is go to bit.ly slash catchphrase survey. Uh, we've also pinned a link on Twitter at Ready, Set, Pwn, uh, that will take you directly there. And it just lets us know a little bit about our podcast, your thoughts, uh, where you want us to sort of, you know, evolve to, and then anything else that you might want to tell us. Uh, I was actually going to do a simple survey, like a, a reply, retweet, or like tweet, and just for the podcast hosts. And I was going to put Sam as the reply, but then use that new Twitter option that prevents replies from going through, because I thought that would be <laughs> real cool. <laughs> Don't give away all your best ideas. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean this is this is a pretty exciting time. I mean it, it's it's 
good for I think our community as we look to grow, but then also we respect that you our community is what you know mm-hmm. makes us be. So uh, just something to, to keep in mind. Again, the, the link to take that podcast audience survey. It's bit.ly so bit.ly slash catchphrase survey. So uh, I mean, even if we are looking just at the Titans, we are already in a way covering our second team. So this is true. So maybe we're we're, we're adding a third team now. True. We cover but, our second uh, team every week. Yeah, God, that could be another option. Uh, so what are we going to talk about this episode? Uh, we're going to cover the Vancouver Titans match against the Paris Eternal, who is, spoiler alert, won the summer showdown uh, in a really exciting fashion. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, the sort of summer schedule has been released. Share a few of our thoughts and we won't go too in depth because that's for uh, an upcoming episode. The fray, we're going to go into the summer showdown, whole hog, and uh, anything else that we might be able to uh, to to squeeze in, including uh, sounds of Sam Omni and myself eating pizza, drinking brisk, and all that fun stuff. So let's uh, get ourselves into uh, the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. Now, going into the weekend, uh, the three of us sort of gave the Vancouver Titans a chance. I don't recall the, any of us, except maybe Sam to some degree, suggesting the Titans actually had a chance to win. But when I look at the result, which was a 3-1 final for the Eternal, it, it wasn't like 3-1 where the Titans were never in it. Like the Titans, you know, can, can if you think about it in, in the term of a reference that they lost to the eventual champions of the Summer Showdown, Outside of the fusion, I actually thought the Titans, you know, looked arguably even to the Eternal to some respect. So, I mean, again, I could be completely out of my gourd here, but they didn't look horrible. Yeah, I mean, we we did lose to the best team, so by default, we qualify for that uh, second, second spot. Team. Yeah, that's that's how that works. Definitely. Yeah, I completely agree for the most part. I mean, a lot has been said throughout the season, especially now about their DPS uh, uh, talents, right? On XZ and and uh, Sparkle, and we definitely uh, felt some of that. But especially on Oasis, that first ma- map that we took, we basically outclutched them and outplayed them two zero. So I'm already happy with that. Mm-hmm. Just that it's not that we kind of lucked out and got that W right on that map, but it was actually pretty impressive. Um, we were able to, to a big extent, to basically neutralize Sparkle's Genji in a way. Uh, I think that not only um, you know the, the usual suspects of of Dalton and Shockwave performed really well, but I feel that Karkar and Rulf were a huge uh, factor that went into that uh, mm-hmm. win. They played really, really amazingly. This is two straight weeks of positive Karkar talk, and I'm here right. for it. <laughs> oh, and for, for the next map for King's Rove, we're already talking about, I just wish that uh, uh, XZ had Valorant installed on his machine because that <laughs> Vanguard would be flipping out from his Widow accuracy. It was nuts. Something something was definitely off. So, <laughs> so oh, sir, just quickly back to Oasis. It was clean. Like, I actually even commented right. about that in, in RSP Core. The Vancouver Titans had a clean map with there. And I... You know, looking back at the three zero against both the uh, uh, Boston uh, as well as the Fuel, the Titans didn't necessarily look cl- like it really looked clean. They looked like they were in control, but they were still making mistakes. Oasis was probably the first time I could say like, 
where where was there a mistake? And if there was, they were they were almost like the old Titans were. A mistake didn't hurt them. They just rallied and 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 were able to to overcome that issue. Uh, Kings Row, though, yeah, I mean, loser picks map, and sure as heck we we see Kings Row. And I would not argue that the Vancouver Titans looked horrible. Yeah. It's just that when it came time for them to to finally sort of clutch up and hold Paris, mm-hmm. they did. And then their attack, their initial attack was okay, but they they stalled. And I think were they was it on King's Row that they were running like double sniper at one point before embracing Genji? Or am I thinking uh, the King's Row? I don't remember. Well, no, no it was yeah, Gibraltar I, 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 it, it was yeah. a point on on attack that they ran the Genji and, and Widow. Uh, sorry, the, the, the Hanzo and, uh, and Widow. But I feel the problem was more uh, sticking to the May for way too long on that yep. defense. I think I feel like when they well, did switch and Shockwave on on yeah. May. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't know why they chose. Maybe it, it worked in scrims. Maybe they did have a, a strat, but it definitely. Did not work with all those. Th- I think he got like three picks in a row. Xe did, and this kind of like collapsed. And there was a big, uh, uh, really a snowball uh, going down. I, th- I think. I think. I think Shockwave got stuck kind of in no man's land a little bit. Like, like I think he was at like ninety two, ninety three alt charge when when it was kind of like decided like oh he should switch off the May, and then he got an alt. Uh, did use the alt and didn't die for like another like 60, 70 yeah, he, he, mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, so that may alt though, shockwave got it defending point three. So that's how long it took for that, his, his alt charge to, to actually get there. And then you're right. Suddenly he, he started getting values made, but I, the Titans held Paris, like Paris did not get that third point cap. So technically speaking, there was a winning condition in King's row. The Titans attack phase, again, capturing the point, not too, tr- not too much trouble, but then they, they just ran into the wall that was the eternal and, you know, sparkle and, and, and Exy just clicked heads and slashed their way through. And, and, and the Titans just didn't have a response. Yeah. Um, but you know, Kings row taking the loss there. Okay, that's not problematic. Still but a pretty where, even match, yeah. Yeah, but where I'm confused is why they chose Volskaya because I have not yet seen this roster have any success on Volskaya. I'd in in <laughs> RSP court, I'd suggested play Hanamura, and it's like, well, well, why Hanamura? I'm like, well, I just feel that the Titans they they know Hanamura to where they can actually attack. Maybe the defend will be hard, but Volskaya it just gives them you know fits, and sure enough. The Titans had solid time and then suddenly didn't. Like they, they just couldn't get anything to work. Um, heck, they don't check their corners. And so, like, Sparkle's up there crouching as Genji, you know, emoting. Well, he wasn't emoting, but could have. <laughs> Next thing well, yeah. you know, that's a, that's a way. Like, uh, I, I think some of the strategy was like, and my Genji is below bronze level. So, who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> but, but Fosky is supposed to be one of the harder. Harder maps for Genji, I yeah. suppose, for anyone not named Sparkle or Hoxo, I guess. Mm-hmm. When you mentioned the fact of of uh, checking the corners, I was very close to having like a second uh, Valorant joke, but I won't do that. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I do you remember last week uh, when the last time we spoke about Volskaya? Why did we bring it up? 
because the last time we were playing Volskaya, the same thing happened. We catch A so quickly, and that <laughs> tack Torb strat was, was pretty nice. I like that. Very, very assertive, very proactive. But unfortunately, uh, Titans aren't as sharp when they got too much time. So there's a term that you could say, like in, in the NBA, when that happens, you can actually be too open to make that three. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of mm -hmm. what I felt mentally sabotaged them because it's going a couple down of times now, right? Like Hanamura yeah, 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 yeah. last week with the and, Atlanta, and I think, right? it twice now. Yeah, yeah. The the struggle though, I mean, and, and just in in chat here, you know, uh, Siren Song is talking about uh, Hanamura being a way more friendly Genji map. I agree, um, but at some point in time, you sort of have to accept what you're what you're good at. And balance it with the uh, what the opposition might be able to counter with, um, and the point in time is map four. Yeah, <laughs> which this one, this one confuses me. Uh, it, it didn't confuse me at all. Gibraltar, I think we, really? we, I, I would have we got the classic. No, but, we got the classic. We are down by two, so why even play Vancouver special? Uh, happens every time. Okay, yeah, because like you think about Gibraltar. The the first point that is that is Genji friendly as possible. Like, it, oh yeah, and not only that, you're forcing yourself to go through an early choke, and you know the Vancouver Titans just couldn't put anything together. We did see Shockwave and Xe sort of start trading, mm -hmm. but the difficulty there is that just allowed Sparkle to go around with Wild Abandon. I mean, think about like how we've talked about the success of the Titans since Shockwave arrived. Shockwave's arrival freed up Dalton. Mm -hmm. So essentially, what was occurring well for the Vancouver Titans in the past was ultimately what the Paris Eternal were able to execute on. And unfortunately, once the, that one pick was made where the Titans were down a, a player, uh, the Eternal then just went pedal to the metal, clean them, and then start over. I, I Gibraltar was like almost demoralizing. So yeah. how much do you buy into Bren's kind of makeup belief? Well, he, he was trying to cover for airtime a little bit, I felt like. But this concept that they were trying to shut down Xe instead of Sparkle with the Gibraltar pick. Okay, if that's the case. So if that's truly the case, fine, but you didn't shut him down. No. Right? There was, if anything... It, it was it was almost a wash, and mm. reason. So, and someone might say, "Well, Chris, if they go with Junkertown, X is just going to set up shop and their sniper lanes galore." And that's completely true. But what are the Titans going to go and roll up? That's where you roll out your double sniper. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like you, you essentially give yourself this opportunity, and with the freedom that exists on that map, you know, I, I still feel the Titans can move forward. Like there isn't as as, as punishing of a choke on the early part yeah. of Junkertown as there is in Gibraltar. So maybe that's true. Maybe they were trying to, to shut down XZ, but I mean, I, I feel that they, with that pick, they must have seen something or understood something going into that thinking that they had an advantage, but it, Titans have not, at least this roster, have not looked good on, <clears throat> on Gibraltar. Yeah, yeah, and they have looked good in spurts on Junkertown with the double sniper, and ironically enough, like, Paris struggled for a tad. I remember... There's one odd match. I think they were playing the Valiant where they threw the Junkertown map. If I'm not mistaken, it's it's all kind of blurry now. I feel like I've watched way too much Paris this weekend. Um, but but like 
like there there was an opportunity there but i i think i kind of want to draw the attention back a little bit i'd say overall despite the the 3-1 loss i think that the titans actually played the genji meta like countered the genji meta pretty well as, mm-hmm. as a team um i'd being kind i'd say above average but i actually think they were they're pretty good um their their preparation against genji was pretty good because we saw what sparkle was doing to some of the other what you would consider better teams um and and it it was clear like you know maybe mechanically or or collectively as a team there's enough talent there to shut down someone who's that hot Uh, Mm -hmm. but i felt like the titans did a very good job and it was more so it's like okay we we kind of i wouldn't say shut down sparkle but we we calmed him down a little bit and then it was actually just clicking on everybody's head yeah he was mostly doing cleanup duty after like exit did most of the damage not what he normally does like yeah basically killing everyone on the opposing team yeah so i was i actually came away pretty impressed because it showed kind of like like they they knew the genji meta was coming they knew you know dalton actually did i'd say admirable um would be would be my 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 take like I'd say he's an average Genji. Um, so, so like he, since I only know him from his, mostly his tracer play, like I was a little bit impressed just like, Hey, he's, mm-hmm. he's all right. Like we can do this if need be. Um, so, so, so like I came away pretty impressed from that part. So all in all, like to me, it was extremely encouraging. His Hanzo um, wasn't bad too. Yeah. His, his, well, he's, his Hanzo is great. Right. So, so like we knew that was there, but, you know, the current meta the way it is, and I'm not going to complain about a Genji meta ever. So, so, you know, I, I see people saying like, oh, they're already bored of the Genji meta. Like, what are you bored of excitement? Like, come on. People will no always fun allowed of a meta. Like it, people want, like, it's funny is people don't want chaos, but they hate the meta. <laughs> so like there, there's no in between. Um, we're going to get into it a little bit in the frame when we talk about the rest of the summer showdown. But the San Francisco shock, you know, under the tutelage of Krusty, seemed to think that there was a tracer component to uh, the Genji meta. Now, San Francisco did not succeed. But if San Francisco believes there's an opportunity, the Vancouver Titans themselves were onto something. And again, Oasis, clean. Uh, Kings Row, uh, Titans made some mistakes. Uh, Volskaya, as we already heard, too open to take the three. And I don't know about Gibraltar, but functionally, if the Vancouver Titans had, let's say, taken Volskaya, let's say they get the win there, things are are significantly different, and that ultimately sets up. Because I don't think that if if let's say the Titans win Volskaya, Paris is not going to lose map four, right? They're they're probably choosing Gibraltar if anything. <laughs> and uh, I think the control you know, sort of tiebreakers where the Vancouver Titans would have, would have had success. Now would the Vancouver of Titans have then won a, a semifinal. Mm. Yeah. It's hard to say against the San Francisco shock. Toronto did not against San Francisco shock. Toronto, Toronto, Who knows? A, Toronto won a quarter. Toronto did not win a semi and we'll get into all, all I know is we were sitting here saying there's no upsets this round and everything. Everybody was upset except maybe the Toronto guys. True. <laughs> uh, well, before we get into upsets, let's talk a little bit about the, the Titans moving forward. So having lost that there obviously didn't proceed any further in the summer showdown. Uh, their weekend was over and the Overwatch League itself is now on a essentially one weekend break. 
when play resumes, we are going to see uh, essentially another sort of qualifier into a tournament and then some more qualifiers and then some form of final tournament thing. I don't know. But the Overwatch League is introducing Friday matches again for those teams in North America. Now, that's not unusual. We've talked a little bit about how we've missed midweek matches. What I don't quite understand is they've introduced Friday matches that kick off at noon and 2 p.m. Pacific. And the Vancouver Titans, because they are so far in matches played compared to many other teams, they play three of those five Friday matches and their three matches kick off at noon Pacific. If you're a Vancouver Titans fan who works a, you know, Monday to Friday, nine to five type of job, I guess we, we know what you're going to be doing during lunch. It doesn't make sense to me. I, I, I understand that, you know, the league probably is trying to pan to maybe an Eastern audience, not be too late. I totally get that. But 12 and two Pacific seems odd. And I, I know it's just the way it's going to be, but. Well, here, here's the simplest solution. And I think you got, got half of it. It's actually perfect because here's what you do. You at 1135, what you want to do is you want to call up pizza hut. You gas, you ask for the lunch special. You throw some extra pineapples on it, throw the extra dollar. Don't forget to tip your driver. It's COVID. It's tough times. Um, and then at 12 o'clock, you open it up. You tell your boss and everybody else, you tell your wife or your husband, whatever, um, that it's lunchtime. I'm going to watch the Titans match. The Titans are going to do us a solid in 3-0, and you'll be back in time for the 1 o'clock meeting. Hmm. Hadn't thought of it that way. See, this is why we pay you so much. Exactly. This podcast here, Sam. <laughs> Um, but yes, the, the Titans do play quite a few matches. The next match is not until not this Friday, the following Friday, uh, against the Paris Eternal. So you could call it a, a rematch, so to speak. And, uh, you know, just to let you in on a little something, something, uh, we're trying to work with, uh, Nerf This Cast, which is actually a, a French podcast uh, that covers the Paris Eternal. And, uh, we're hoping to connect with them before next week so we can give you a preview. And I thought, you know, why not to let them have an opportunity to also gloat about the success yeah. of that Nerf, Sparkle, please. <laughs> yeah, we got to preview this uh, amazing ma- rematch between the best the team and the second the Titans, best team. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. The the best team and the team that lost to the best team. Right? Correct. So, yeah. yeah. No way other way to look at it. Uh, you know what? I'm going to use this as a good segue, since we're talking about the Eternal, uh, to uh, get ourselves into the fray. being upset that's all that happened this weekend i you know thinking back to last week's episode when we were actually you know you know wondering might there be an upset and i think what we sort of had one i want to say and maybe omni you might have had two but we still have the eh, i don't i don't know if it's an upset but omni had his like omniscient <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was trying to work it in my head. Uh, you have my back. <laughs> yeah. So you know, ultimately, if you were watching the summer showdown last weekend, uh, only technically only one team, one favorite, won on Friday, and that was the Paris Eternal. They're the only favorite. Uh, the Paris Eternal beat the Dallas Fuel three one. 
The Houston Outlaws beat the Florida Mayhem 3-1. The Toronto Defiant beat the LA Valiant 3-1. And the Washington Justice of all teams beat the LA Gladiators 3-1. Now, the the Friday matches were kind of funny because you had the, the, the LA Valiant pick first. And Packing 10's like, oh, we're taking Toronto because we just don't think they're good. And then Toronto came out, slapped the Valiant upside down. And afterwards you got Packington saying, yeah, there's some issues. Yeah. We, you know, had to play some guys that, you know, maybe we didn't think we would and, you know, but the heart of our team is what's most important mental. Um, you know, what's distracting oh. Packington is Valorant. Well, yeah, he's the GM of everything, right? That's distracting dude. Hire some more people, man. But uh, the justice beat the gladiators, and I'm sorry <laughs> to call the gladiators. The Can you really, but- Count that as an upset. I think it's an upset if they do get a win. <laughs> so okay, well, so let, I mean, look at it. Like the, for the Toronto to Defiant, the Toronto Defiant um, again. This meta played into the hands of a number of teams. They had Agilities who just went to town, and then on top of that, you've got like essentially it's, it's, this is DPS all weekend. Um, the combination of Agilities and Logics was was next level. Numlock looked solid in that match. Like there was. There was Kariv as looks good just every Being day of the Kariv. week, yeah. right? So you know the Defiant were were fortunate. I'm not trying to take away from from the team, but they had the parts that they needed to produce. Uh, the Houston Outlaws, same sort of position. The Justice had Tuba, which you look at like the Justice, and it's okay. What do we need to do? Let's let's go and let's watch out for the Nano Blade. And what did the LA Gladiators do? Oh my God, they did a Nano Blade again. Who would have thought that? <laughs> Yeah, who would have thunk? Right? I mean, heck, Stitch was looking solid. Janu was doing well. I mean, that match against the Gladiators, the Justice were a whole tier above them. Wasn't even close. You know, and, and the Outlaws, ma'am, I think this one, the ma'am were overconfident, and the Outlaws were coming in with a little chip on their shoulder, something to prove. Yeah. The the mayhem beat uh, Boston Uprising way too many times to just consider <laughs> themselves in the top echelon of OWL. That one was really disappointing, though. That was a mm, that was just a yeah. bad game. Like it wasn't fun to watch. It was like sloppy and people capitalizing off mistakes and yeah. they look was, underprepared. Yeah, it was it was weird because like for the last month I've been pretty hype about the mayhem and that was back to mayhem. <laughs> the Weekend, however, is where things got um, a little more consistent, but also a little more interesting. So let's actually go and talk about the Asia region. So yeah, the the Shanghai Dragons uh, get themselves sort of the uh, uh, buy um, into like, what that would have been what the semifinal, I guess, off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. So you had the uh, Seoul Dynasty taking on. Sorry, London, uh, London, London. Oh. and I mean, Seoul looked good. Like it was three one. I I only watched highlights. Let, yeah. Let's be honest, London are a decent team, watch. so it's not a bad win. No, but like I felt London almost underperformed. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, yeah. not to take away again from Seoul. Seoul looked good, but London. I think we're now starting to see. I don't know if it's necessarily the region sort of flatten a little bit, or maybe it's London maybe not as good as we, you know, people thought they might be. Um, Guangzhou charge beat the Chengdu hunters three Oh surprise, surprise. Uh, New York Excelsior beat the, the Hangzhou spark three Oh. I mean, that functionally a little bit of a surprise. Ex- but... Yeah. Well, sure. But I mean, I don't think anything there went 
you know, unexpectedly. Like, yeah, Dynasty beating the Spitfire was an upset, but that's a four or five seed, so it's it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Jumping back into to NA on uh, on the Saturday, so we had the Titans and the Paris Eternal kickoff, as we already know. Paris Eternal beat the Vancouver Titans three one. Then we had the Toronto Defiant versus the Atlanta Reign. This was a good match. Like if you if you happen to go and turn off the stream and decide to take off, you missed out on like this was back and forth. Yeah. And and uh, this this match is where I actually started wondering if Toronto has finally figured things out. So like benching Surefour is uh well, is well for, it out. I don't think it's a benching Surefour. Like let's let's be real. It's playing Genji agilities and agilities, right? That's the, the meta there. Oh yeah, I'm just like making the clickbait uh <laughs> title. Titans <clears throat> podcast says benching Surefour to get wins. Cause because Atlanta Atlanta put up a hell of a fight. Like this was this was going back and forth. Baby Bay, who's you know getting into it, it was it was great. Um, Defiant get that win, and suddenly, like of all of the teams that were were playing on the on the on the Saturday, this is the team that I felt had the most momentum because the subsequent two matches, the San Francisco Shock beat the Washington Justice three zero, and the Philadelphia Fusion beat the Houston Outlaws three zero. Like those two were just like that was going to happen. Like there was no you know, rhyme or reason as to why the justice or outlaws had a chance. Like when, when we actually were watching the, the picks being made on Friday night, um, Ark was like, Oh my God, why are you picking up? Like, I mean, he knew the, the shock were going to be picked by, or, or the shock would pick the justice, but like Ark already knew it's like, Oh, well we're done. And if it wasn't for the fact that, uh, you know, someone, or there was a bushfire or whatever, um, that had like a long pause because San Francisco's team house lost their internet. It might've been even quicker. Uh, but back to the defiant rain, defiant now have momentum and like watching how they were now going to match up against the fusion. I genuinely thought Toronto had a chance here. That was your mistake. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but I mean, I mean, just to, just to, step on it for for a quick second like the defiant beating the rain is like a big big deal to them like we've talked about it on the show before how like they, they always lose in scrims rain of rain seem to be these like annoying parrots that are always barking at them yeah. parrots don't bark i guess but but like they they it, it's a weird it's a weird rivalry where i think defiant think the rain are rivals and the rain don't think much of them um <laughs> and and like i think even even from me making fun of them, like you could understand that it felt good to get that three two. Well, the other thing, actually, I just want to point out: we normally would get into it a little bit later, but it's still not entirely clear. Baby Bay tweeted out that this was probably his last tournament. He didn't say last match; he said last tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a guy who's hanging things up to go to Valorant? You think? might be there was some speculation before and it kind of died down because he kept on playing but yeah definitely uh looks yeah and then the first message on twitter is from Corey saying hit him up yeah he can yeah isn't zach with uh, Corey too aren't they both i think zach's still trying to find a team like he's been scrimming with them but i don't know i I, want to say he 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 played in a tournament with them but but Corey just signed with phase and zach i I don't i don't know i don't follow 
Valorant well, on a daily basis, despite you know popular belief. Um, but but from my memory, Zach's just playing with Corey and not officially signed. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Okay, but well, uh, yeah, Baby Blay, he'll be fine wherever he goes. The uh, Saturday matches though are done. Toronto is the upset. The others, and I'm not going to say that the Paris Eternal win over the Titans is an upset. The people are like, oh my god, it's another upset. Let's be honest. <laughs> Vancouver Titans got the fourth seed. Didn't necessarily mean they were the fourth seed. They. Like I was watching someone do uh, some, you know, updated power rankings and they're like, oh, based on the Vancouver Titans performance, they're now like a, you know, a top 10 team in the Overwatch League. No, I mean, they're trending in the right direction, but they're beating Boston, beating the Kayla's Dallas when Dallas seemed to be having issues. Good wins, good solid wins, but you still need to show that you can play against the powerhouse like Paris and, and take those punches and come out of the fight to still standing. Mm-hmm. So. That gets us through to Sunday when uh, all the marbles are now on the table. So the Shanghai Dragons take on the Seoul Dynasty, and that was a quick match, 3-0 Dragons. And, you know, we we talked about this being like the Dragons tournament to lose last week. Um, Omni seemed to think that was possible. And the team that Omni suggested could beat the Shanghai Dragons was the Guangzhou Charge, who then beat the New York Excelsior 3-0. I don't understand what happened in this match. Guangzhou was good, but New York looked bad. New York put on those uh, playoff pants back on. Like I think you know Guangzhou wins this regardless. But oh my god, this was like like I don't know if the Overwatch League script writers uh, decided like yeah, just make them look bad. It just must be so frustrating to be an NYXL fan. Like, like I'm, I'm legitimately thinking like, I don't know how long we're going to do this here for could be five years, 10 years, 15, who knows? Like, will (laughs) NYXL ever win anything in our tenure? I don't know. Like anything meaningful. Like, I don't mean like a tournament win. I mean like something big, right? Like it's just, I, I don't get it. But this set up the final between the Shanghai Dragons, who Sam and I both had as favorites, the Guangzhou Charge, who Omni said had a chance. And this this one almost went down as another... Well, I mean, if it had, if it had actually gone the way it started to trend, people would have lost their mind, because that would have been nuts. But the Guangzhou Charge went up 3-0. And if you recall back to the main melee, the Shanghai Dragons also fell down 3-0 before deciding, okay, let's play now and win and proceeded to win the next four maps. So, map for Watchpoint Gibraltar, Shanghai wins. Not to just win, they win convincingly. Yeah. Just then, don't get uh, reverse sweeped. Right? Then Busan, Shanghai wins again, and people are like, oh my god, they're doing it, they're doing it, they're doing it, and then they get the Blizzard World stall. Guangzhou settled down. Shanghai seemed to lose the energy, the momentum, whatever it was that they had going for them. But what does that mean? The Guangzhou charge of the Asian region summer showdown champions and Mr. Omniscient himself called it. Yeah. I feel like if it was still the previous meta, then Shanghai had uh, like the advantage. I feel like in this Genji dominated uh, times, Guangzhou is a bit more, you know, efficient. Mm Mm-hmm. And obviously, I knew that going into this uh, weekend, and my prediction was uh, grounded in, in a lot of uh, uh, science, search, and and uh, crunching, you know, advanced statistics and and such. Yeah, you so. and leg day, man, modern day geniuses. 
True. Science, science, science. Um, is this, so this is, is this a meta thing? Or is this just like, because think about it, like, let's go back last year. The Shanghai Dragons got themselves a, a win because of the meta. And then suddenly yeah. that was it. And I'm not to suggest the Genshin meta is going away, but the Brig ability to toss cookies is way or is, is definitely gone. The teams are pretty close. Uh, they're definitely setting themselves apart from the other uh, teams in the Asian region, for sure. Charge Dragons? Mm-hmm. Is there no, any, is there, uh, charge, yeah, charge. Yeah, charge. I was gonna say, like, is there anyone else that's there though? Is there room for NYXL? No, I don't want to talk about them. <laughs> there was room. <laughs> there was. They didn't want it. They didn't want it. So going over to North America, this is okay. This Sunday was crazy. So first and foremost, yeah. you had uh, like I, I'm, you know, in the Toronto Defiant Discord, and uh, people are like, "Why are we a late match all the time?" Because they're supposed to be the second of the three matches, and then suddenly the Overwatch League shoots out a, a notice at like uh, like eleven fifteen Pacific that says, "Oh yeah, due to some technical issues or something like that, uh, Watch Point's going to actually start a half an hour later, and the first match of the day is not going to be the San Francisco Shock Paris Eternal." But instead, it'll be the Toronto Defiant Philadelphia Fusion. So people are like, oh, my God, what's going on? What's going on? I don't know if it ever clearly came out, but there was a hot rumor that, like, Super got DDoSed or something like that. I don't know. Super wanted to play Genji. That's what it was. Uh, he was, he was trying to hold everything in mutiny. Well, it, actually, if you Krusty had a stream and that mm-hmm. came up and apparently, you know, Super was showing him clips and yeah. And everything. Or maybe uh, but, Violet was watching YouTube uh, videos during the match and then <laughs> crashed their internet. Maybe. <laughs> that that um that whole stream <laughs> and the translation by Gatum Chun, I don't know how to say yeah. her name. That was amazing. Yeah. You guys gotta go read that. Yeah. But uh Toronto to find at the earlier match, and oh, this is cool, you're gonna take on a Philadelphia Fusion. I as I just said, I thought they had momentum. I'm I'm watching this match and it's like Oh, like it, you know, you know how like underdogs somehow get that win and then they sort yeah. of celebrate prematurely, like, oh my god, we got to where we didn't think we could be. That's sort of how this felt. But like, then EQO said, EQ, no, yeah, well, we'll get into EQO a little bit uh later, but yeah, you're right, EQO, EQO is just like, see ya. Um, but yeah, Toronto Defiant Thrill, like, this wasn't even a fight, and I, I'm I got a soft spot for the Defiant, right? I, I just this did not look good. I, I don't know. Like... I feel like in, in our brief interaction with, with Defiant followers, like they know. Like they know, like, whenever they feels like they're supposed to be feeling happy about something, they're always prepared for, for potential heartbreak. <laughs> like, like I'm not I'm not even making fun of them. I'm more more sympathizing with them oh, at this point. Um, yeah, like it's just like they they don't want to let themselves get too high. They're not like raw, we won, we beat the rain, our arch nemesis. They're like, what are they going to do now? And I, you know, I should qualify what I'm saying. Toronto put up a fight in the first two maps. Like they truly did, but you could tell it was like the fusion were sort of playing with their food. Like at any point in time, the fusion could simply, yeah, we're going to win. Yeah. Paris was much, uh, much closer. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. We had seen chips at a whole different story. Um, But yeah, on Anubis, it was like, that was it. Uh, so unfortunately for the Toronto Defiant, their journey ended. So that set up, uh, the possibility of a fusion shock final, which is what the three of us predicted. Unfortunately, the Paris Eternal had a different, uh, thought. 
And they proceeded to beat the San Francisco Shock 3-2 in a back-and-forth match. Now, in the payload, we were talking about how the Titans used Tracer as the counter to the Genji meta, and the San Francisco Shock ultimately tried to do the same thing. Did it succeed? No, but I think the San Francisco Shock showed that, you know, high-caliber team and high-quality gameplay would allow for that to occur, but it requires a number of different things to all happen and all go right. And that's where I think the difference for the shock was on the execution. The same thing that actually punished the, the Vancouver Titans prior to yeah. Gibraltar. Yeah. The uh, Rialto map, though, I mean, that sucker was uh, never going to end. Like that, uh, Paris won 6-5 eventually. But, you know, San Fran, if San Fran wins that that map, it's done. Like that. that's where Paris, I think, finally showed that they had the potential to take and in oasis uh they well they win and they i don't know if you saw the french casters but my goodness they like had a good time oh yeah but uh paris then goes on to face the philadelphia fusion many people said the shock eternal match was the final and it was unfortunate they wound up in the same bracket but the eternal fusion match like I okay, I mean, I, I had a hot take. It lit RSP court on fire. I said that this was actually a superior match to the Vancouver Titans San Francisco Shock Stage One Final. And my analogy was that the San Francisco Shock Vancouver Titans were two heavyweight teams slugging out. They were like Rocky Balboa versus Rocky Balboa. Whereas the Paris Eternal Fusion, this was more of an Apollo Creed. This was this was a classic match in a way that you had two not heavy hitters, but two you know, welterweight, lightweight combatants just going back and forth. Like EQO tried to single-handedly team kill to keep a match going. Like that's that, not like the Titans drop and then suddenly they go wild or the shock, you know, get a pick and they go push. No, this is like EQO saying, no, no, Rialto, we're not done here. Let, let's keep going. That was nuts. Right. That, and we saw that, that. I mean, that's one instance. And if you haven't seen it, there's like a still frame of EQO and Sparkle, sort of Genji versus Genji. EQO wins, wins the fight. This is part of his sort of team kill experience. But that, I, I was blown away by what I saw there. Yeah. That, that guy single handedly killed uh, Shadowburn's career, <laughs> who was considered at the time to be one of the best uh, Genjis in the world ever. Yeah. He's uh, Shadowburn yeah. and most of Paris Eternal in one shot. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, it was one of the best matches we we have seen in the league for sure. But while the game really did have you know its fair share of uh, great moments, sick plays, carries, and it went down the wire, I feel like it. You can't really compare it to the Titans game because of one reason: you didn't really have the story right uh, coming into that match. Okay. Kind of like you don't have the the, the storyline behind. And don't get me wrong, I like if these maybe were the f- grand finals, or maybe if they get to play each other one more time, and there's this uh, history between the teams now, maybe that will be even more epic than what we we saw. And I always I take like Carpe and Ikio versus XZ and, and Sparkle instead of like who rotates uh, Zarya bubbles uh, uh, better uh, between the Titans and the Shock. Mm-hmm. But there was so much bad blood going on between the two t- teams at that point, where I feel like 
that what kind of uh, solidifies the game as a classic. That, that's the funny thing because like we've been making fun all season that Paris and Philly have played like a billion times. Yeah, but maybe that's what kind of brought it down a notch. And and it's still an amazing game. Like I was hyped in throughout the entire thing. But also we're kind of like biased Vancouver podcast anyways. So yeah, also- and I, I think I would I would could make an argument that perhaps single greatest play. That EQO on on I guess Ria uh, Rialto. It was Rialto first point. Yeah, just like the, I guess ultimately it didn't mean much, but just like the fact that we were all packing our bags and like moving the popcorn, and going like, okay, cool, like you know, time to move on. And then he just I don't even know exactly what he did. He just killed everybody. It's like he yeah. had like typed in power overwhelming and everybody died. Well, and and that's the thing. Like he doesn't do that. That's game over at that point. Like that that wasn't that wasn't you know. Like it was clutch, but clutch at a level that I can't say I remember. I, I can't remember a moment like that where one For player sure. single handedly did what they did. And and you, you also have to consider it in uh, grand finals in Volskaya when he got like five on the tracer. Don't remember. Yeah, I guess. Come but like, on, man. But like, but that wasn't like this. Was I believe I've heard it was overtime. Like. He he had to he had to stay on the payload. He had to continue to contest. He still had to engage. His team's coming from the long spawn. Yeah, like the odds were against him. Like sure. you know, EQO decided I'm not ready to lose. Unfortunately, the the fusion were on the, going on the the wrong direction, and Paris wins. And that's not a knock against Paris, uh, but again, I. I I was genuinely excited. And I can't say that I get genuinely excited watching Overwatch League teams not t- name the Vancouver Titans. Um, I, yeah, I wave a Canadian flag. I'm real happy about. Uh, so for the Defiant. But this one, this was a good match. It's a showcase match. It's the type of thing where, man, if they had an opportunity to have had that, let's say on like uh, television or something like that, like they sort of had last year, there's an opportunity to be had. Yeah. I do feel bad for Fielder, though. Uh, he's on like 800 paying internet and can't celebrate with his team. So the entire Eternal team in their team house, they're oh, celebrating. There's Fielder. And he's like <laughs> in front of his screen. But I, he still got the the win. I'm sure it was... Uh, maybe when are you going to get that guy over? Introverted uh, celebration. What was well, that? When are they going to get that guy over there? Well, the... the, the tr- well, in the, the United States, getting him into the U.S., we used to say it was easy. Now it's harder. Right, so so I would a thousand percent, you know, be right behind you there. But reality showed us that after Fielder was signed, um, our good friend Stitch moved to the states. Our yeah, good it, friend Janu moved to the states. But that what gives well, no, but like let's okay, that should have happened. Like now, for those that don't know, the United States have adjusted their uh, visa application rules. And the ability to get a v- entry visa now requires you to already have the ability to enter. Like, essentially, like Canadians can get in because we don't require a visa to get in. Our passport is enough. But if you come from a country where the passport isn't enough, now you can't get a visa. It's like real convoluted. So Fair I think enough. the opportunity passed to have Fielder join. So it's there. because Fielder's a rook. Or maybe they just looked at the Vancouver Titans and say, they, hey, there is something to this uh, ping meta. Okay. I can't <laughs> wait until Shockwave and KSA are on land. Oh, the league is doomed. <laughs> like, like the fact that KSA can do the things he does on ping are nuts. But then to see Shockwave, like, 
on Ping yeah. as a widow, which yeah, shouldn't be done. No. Well, that's that's what's going to be more impressive than winning winning a, a melee with one person on Ping is two people on Ping, right? We're up True. next. True. So so there you go. That this further reinforces the Vancouver Titans second place. Um, so there you have it. Paris Eternal won the summer showdown on the NA region. The Guangzhou Charge won the summer showdown on the Asia region. And not this weekend, the following week is when play resumes. So we'll get into that into our next episode. Um, not a whole lot has been happening in the world of Overwatch since new season of competitive. Uh, there's this belief that I need to create a Smurf account to essentially be a junk rat one trick. Junk force. Yeah, junk force. I was trying to think, like, what would I have to call myself if I was to do that? And, you know, but then I also have to buy another account to Smurf. I don't, <laughs> don't want to spend money on two copies of Overwatch and have to log in and out of Battle.net to. Can't afford it with uh, both of us. Uh, That's true. You guys are just too darn expensive. <laughs> um, I mean, you can use my account as a Smurf, I guess. Start a GoFundMe. Yeah. I don't know, but that's against the rules. That's like boosting or whatever. Hole there, though. So. Wouldn't that be considered boosting? Yeah. If I if I log in as as, as spam <laughs> account, yeah, it's boosting. That's I'd be I'd be thrown in jail. I think in Korea, right? Like it's, it's that illegal there. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, guess we're gonna play some Overwatch. Uh, I hate Brig. I mean, I, I I'm not a I wasn't a big Brig player, but I actually don't know. What, where Brig contributes now that the armor packs don't give armor. They're health packs. It's very confusing. Oops. Yeah, that's it. Like it's, I, anyhow, the current, I, I'm, so going back to actually Krusty's uh, stream, one of the things that he said is he really wishes that the, the Activision Blizzard introduced a new hero as opposed to continually trying to break the ones that are in the game mm. um, to, to, to adapt the meta and what have you. I, I'm not saying Brig was was functional before. Like Brig probably needs a rework, but if you if you're a good Brig player right now with the new Brig that's in the game, all the power to you. I've yet to actually have one on my team. Um, but yeah, but to go full circle with that, that's very scary for the Vancouver Titans what, because Car Car has looked incredible, especially compared to his other hero, you know, selection on yeah. the brig. So that scares me a little bit. But I'm not a I'm not an Overwatch League pro and as we all know I'm I'm like sub bronze so it's not true. They're going to sign you for the Junkrat any day now. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll be the, the Vancouver Titans content creator. Yeah. People will be like late for us what? Just keep sending the pizzas our way. Yeah, that's true. Ah, but here we are at the end of another phenomenal episode one in which we got to talk about upsets we got to eat pizza we got to have some fun it's pretty cool i've never been so full after a podcast you know the post-production is going to be a killer as i'm trying to take out like all the the mouth noises the food noises i think what you should do is the opposite is you should just enunciate the chewing like and then uh, volumes and and, yeah and and then like kind of stretch it out and then we can have it on its own and we can have it on a repeat on SoundCloud, uh, throw some ads in there, do some ASMR. Yeah, Whatever maybe that's, that's uh, you know, so we'll be RS, what's it? It would be RSPASMR. PSMR. <laughs> Pizza ASMR, yeah, maybe. 
Oh, gosh. Uh, you can tell it's been a, a long week and another week to come up. But, yes, as I alluded to already, uh, we will have a guest joining us for the next episode. So if you tune in the live stream, as a sort of normal, you won't be able to hear it, but you'll want to listen to the next episode. For those listening to the podcast, uh, you'll be able to obviously hear uh, the Nerf This Cast uh, team joining us. And uh, we're going to talk a little about the Paris Journal. Vancouver Titans set up in the week from now's match, which will be a Friday noon Pacific start time. Good for uh, the Paris Eternal, not so good for the Vancouver Titans. The, um, what was I going to say? The pizza start is starting to kick in. You know, it happens, right? <laughs> food coma. I mean, yeah. Well, the um, food and like, I, I think people, what people don't realize is when we record here, like, first of all, what we are in our homes is in like some sort of studio. But the other thing we try not to do is, is keep our windows shut because, well, you know, the infamous lore of the, the podcast means like we had so many sirens in like the first 20 episodes when Omni lived downtown. Um, but also like we have no fans on like Omni has his like kind of like his uh, roof well, fan. So yeah, you have probably the better than us. I don't, I'm here. Like and we're, we're just sitting here in buckets of sweat, eating pizza. Can't oh. tell what's greasier us or the, the pizza. Oh gosh, that's true. I, the summer, the summer is tough. I mean, I know a lot of people love the, the weather, but, uh, in this hot box that I'm in right now, let me tell you, I lose a few pounds each time we record an episode. Uh, but for those of you who do tune in each and every week on the live stream, twitch.tv slash ready Thank you. Uh, as always, feel free to drop your, your Twitch prime subs, gift subs. Apparently if you get subs right now, there's, uh, you know, probably the emotes, you can drop bits. And I, I'm not like one of the, we're not like one of those huge streamers that say, ah, oh, the minimum bit donation is 500. No, nah, man, if you got pennies, drop those pennies. We'll take them. But uh, other ways you can support the podcast are by leaving us a review at podchaser.com slash ready, set, poem, or a review wherever you happen to be able to listen to our podcast from. You can also support us on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash ready, set, poem. And we have a variety of different tiers uh, that allow you to uh, to chip in and, and help us continue making things as they are. Um, I talked about at the top of the episode. I'll remind you again, our podcast audience survey is still open. It'll be open for the remainder of this week. And to take part in that survey, just go to bit.ly, so bit.ly slash catchphrase survey. And if you're like, oh my goodness, I'll forget that because I may be in the car or somewhere else. Uh, the tweet that I have pinned at, uh, at Ready, Set, Home, that has the link there, so you'll find it. But uh, any final words of wisdom, uh, gentlemen, that uh, you want to share before we call this an episode? Actually, actually plan to have that uh, little spiel about the pineapple on the pizza. But since I've already used that one up, I'll, uh, I'll use another Office Classic. You only live once, false. You live every day. You only die once. Hmm. That's deep. <laughs> I am, I'm in food coma, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting into it too. I'm, I, I ate before the podcast. I, I tried to like, <laughs> and man, now it's tough. Oh, man. Sam, anything? If, if you ever want to nerf Sparkle, just give him two pizzas. Maybe the Titans in a Pizza Hut need to coordinate for that next Just match. Slice through them with his blade. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, as for me, thanks again for those tuning in. Thanks for you who listen to us each and every week. Thanks for taking part in our community and Discord, discord.io slash ready, set, pwn. Uh, thanks for being you. And ultimately, you know, thanks for uh, helping us uh, become the podcast that we are. We are in a world of evolution. Things are going to become more and more exciting. And again, one final thought. If you have a belief of a second team that we should add to the payload, tell us what it is. Twitter, Facebook, Discord, Instagram. Shoot us an email, feedback at readysetpwn.com, or better yet, send us a text message, 604-409-3324. That's 604-409-3324. Whatever your carrier fees might be could apply. <laughs> but on half of Sam, at another Sam Chant, Omni at Omni Strife, myself, Chris at Life Force, going to sign this episode with uh, those magical two words, Hatchrays. Thank you.